You heard it here first. Jonathan Watkins' feet are Ultron. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and commercial sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Cinema Sins staff member Ian Whittington. Hello. Ian, how was your holiday? It wasn't a holiday, I was working. Oh. <laughs> Because I'm in a different location. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was going to ask, like, I know that Thanksgiving in the way we celebrate it is mm. not celebrated there. So like, I, but I don't know, you've lived, in, you live in America like half the year now. Like, oh, I you, thought you were just referring to my entire visit to, to, to America. Just like, no, how was your vacation? No, they, no like Ian, Thanksgiving. Taking three months off. <laughs> I guess that's also the way, like we call holiday vacation. We call holidays holidays. <laughs> yeah, that is weird, actually. Well, no, we don't use the word vacation at all. Uh, just holiday. Like, do you still call, like, <laughs> I was going to say 4th of July, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I can confirm, we do not call holiday. <laughs> we only acknowledge it as a date. Like, like Christmas. I was trying to think of one that, like, I was like, only thing that was coming to mind was that. But I mean, I think you guys have a version of Labor Day and Memorial Day. And yeah, if stuff. you say the holidays, then that's usually Christmas. But we have bank holidays. Because mm. those poor banks, they work so hard, they need some time off. <laughs> but that happens, I think we have six of them a year or something, and they'll be like over a weekend, so you'll get the Friday and the Monday off, and that's a bank holiday weekend. Some of them get named, like there's one in, there's May Day and Whitson, but I don't know what Whitson is referring to, but that's there's two in May. It's your Twitter handle. Oh, no it is, I should know that. <laughs> Close. And then the other ones, I don't know. I'm sure they have names, but I don't know what they're celebrating. But there's one around Halloween as well. And they probably were named something really horrible, like celebrating the conquering of a colony or something. And then probably. we just brushed that under the carpet and went, no, it's just August. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are bank holidays, what we would call holidays. Yeah. Holiday weekends. Yeah. I mean, we also like call Valentine's Day a holiday, but we don't get off work for that. So no. yeah. some people do get off at work for that, though. Because anyway, but yeah, this this Thanksgiving holiday um, was an interesting one because I managed to usurp two Americans out of the country and bring them to England. So Danae and one of her friends came to visit. The same that I left, they came with me for three weeks and we did a bit of adventuring. And yeah, they actually had Thanksgiving outside of their country. And mm. somebody said happy Thanksgiving to them. One nice. person heard the accent and said happy Thanksgiving. And they were very proud of themselves. That's a good, <laughs> that's a like charming story. That could have gone a million different ways, but that's it could. nice. It could have done, yes. <laughs> I just thought everybody outside of America hated us. Um, and no. they do, but. <laughs> I mean, not in person. It's different to hate somebody in person. Especially English, like we're we're way more polite. We're just like, oh, I will dislike you from afar, but then be very nice and offer you tea in person. <laughs> That's fun. Well, yeah, and I was just talking with one of our um, Civ Pop writers, and like he's in the UK, and he's like, hey, like you know, happy Thanksgiving to all you guys in the US that celebrate. I was like, oh yeah. wait, they don't, do they? Like, I was like, so do you do anything? <laughs> like, or it nope. so anyway? No, we just have Christmas. That's enough. It's like, as soon as Halloween stops, it's all Christmas. That's the dream. Yeah. On that note, let's dive into this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. So we're doing this a little differently this week because it's two weeks of content because uh, the episode didn't drop last week because holiday. So mm. 
or bank holiday wherever you're listening yes from. but it wasn't <laughs> all the like recording and prep and editing and all that stuff gets done like before it got it gets done before thursday it gets done even before wednesday mm. because that's when it goes live on patreon so it was one of those where it's like i probably could have swapped the two weeks but it's like but then i would have been doing prep on thanksgiving no uh, you don't want to do that no no so so that's why it's like weird there was an episode that came out on thanksgiving but not the week after so that's that's how that works. So anyway, two weeks later, um, happy Thanksgiving, by the way, to all those that celebrated. Hey. <laughs> and happy Thursday to all those that didn't. Yes. We're going to be talking about the two weeks of content, but we'll just be skipping the sins that you liked and we'll only be talking about the behind the sins content, at least in theory. So let's give it a shot. We'll see how this goes. We'll kick things off with Monday's video, House of the Dragon, The Princess and the Queen. This is season one, episode six. Daniel and Danae writing on this. Uh, Ian, now that House of the Dragon has finished up, what are your mm. general thoughts? So, Rick and Morty, I'm really glad that's getting um, season 7 through 10. And that's going to give us lots more material to sin and talk about and have fun with. Yeah, no, House of the Dragon was not for me. Mm. And I don't know if I was still carrying over some trauma from sinning season 8 of Game of Thrones. Because we got through season 8 of Game of Thrones. Like back to back, there was a stretch there for like two months. All we were writing was Game of Thrones, and all we were talking about was Game of Thrones. And it's not a great season of TV. <laughs> and I came into like episode one of House of the Dragon, and I'm like, this is great, this is really good. And that is the last time those words ever left my mouth. Mm. Like the finale's pretty good. Like the stuff with Viserys decomposing and him rising to the occasion and then immediately dying. That was fun. Paddy Considine, fantastic. Um, Hightower is fantastic. All of the actors are great, but man, they just made some crazy decisions with the time jumps and I just couldn't get invested in any characters until it was far too late and we were all done. And it's it just kind of seemed to take all of the stuff people think they liked about Game of Thrones and then shoved it all together into one season of... So, I have a question for you. Mm. You're you're going to be obligated to watch season two for your job, oh, of course. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would be watching it anyway, which is uh, so such a bizarre thing to say. Well, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> if you didn't have to watch it, would you still? Yeah, I would. And I think a decade of pretty solid Game of Thrones has brought them enough goodwill from me that I'll continue to watch. And I didn't hate House of the Dragon. It just bored the what's it's off of me. Like, it somehow tried to do too much and did too little at exactly mm. the same time. But I'm still here for it. It's still beautiful. It still has a, a, the chance to impress me. It's like The Walking Dead for me. I switched off The Walking Dead at season six, and yet at season 11, I'm still watching it. <laughs> and for like four years, I was hate watching it. It's only season 11 that I've enjoyed again. Shows will buy a lot of goodwill. That's fair. Well, I was just curious, like, I like the show. I think I like it a little bit more as we get distance, but I think it's because, like, I'm not watching it every week, so I'm not watching an hour's worth of content that really didn't need to be an hour each yeah. week. So, But I think I've always, like, as soon as it ended, I, re I realized this isn't a season of TV. This is a pilot episode. This is a 10-hour pilot. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It really, really is, with the amount that it, like, jumps around, and it's so much establishing the Civil War, basically. Yeah. That it is an establishing shot spread into an entire season. 
I really think this is the definition of season one walks so the rest of the series can run. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think people are going to like the rest of the series because we won't get any time jumps, at least as far as I know. Or if we do, they won't be as like stark and contrasting. We should get more action. It should be more interesting, more compelling. Like, it it should be better. I, I do have a feeling we will look back on season one more kindly than we were in the minute. But that sucks when you're in the minute. <laughs> that sucks when the expectation is so high and it's the Game of Thrones that you have to watch. Like, that's yeah. that's that's a tough sell. Yeah. Okay, so House of the Dragon, um, some things uh, behind the scenes content. Um, what did Daniel mm. or Danae have to say about the movie? Or the show? It's almost like it was written to trigger Danae and to, and to really piss her off because... There is so much childbirth. There's so much really traumatizing stuff on screen that we just know our friend Danae does not want or need to to watch or have in her life. But all had the same feelings, just walking, just walking everywhere and Mm. darkness. And I remember the really stark thing that stood out was you're still not getting the lighting right. Like, how are you making these incredible scenes and then burying them in darkness? As if we won't notice, it's because... You can cover up a ton of sins by using darkness. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's weird that that isn't where they're spending the money. Well, and but there's even a good. Uh, it's in one of the two videos this week. But there's even like the the narrator starts to sin the darkness, mm-hmm. but when they go down into the dragon cave, but then the dragon priest fire and say, "Oh, but the contrast." So like, I guess I've got to take a sin off and whatever. Here's a sin anyway, so it negates it. It actually happens in both episodes. So it happens in this one when Aegon goes to find the dragon. And then it happens in the next one when Aegon goes to find Vagar. So it's darkness, darkness, and then both dragons just light up. And it is beautiful. The problem is, in the next episode, they forget to turn the dark back on. Because that, that dragon fire disappears, and it's still perfectly lit. So it's like, well, what are we doing here, guys? Because the sun didn't come up that quickly. So it's just odd, odd choices. It's like they have a vision in their head, and we're going to get to it, and you will all have to pay a sacrifice in order to get here, and I didn't consent to that. <laughs> but I know today in particular, where we were watching The Rings of Power, pretty much parallel to this, and she loved Rings of Power so so much that whenever house of the dragon came on it was just a really harsh comparison to that's the show i want not not this so it is interesting that they came out side by side and just the the difference in narrative quality is is pretty huge sure i have a question Mm. for my fellow aaron there was a (laughs) sin about her name actually i guess not for aaron because aaron wasn't a writer no who hates our name also what does the second A even do? Because you brought up the question. Now I got to know what does the second A even do? And um, this this one is for Dice, I guess. Does he hate being called A.A. Ron as much as I do? So I asked this question specifically to the team. I had a list of questions for BTS. Mm-hmm. And my question was in House of the Dragon, the Princess and the Queen, you sin the name Aaron. Who hates Aaron and why? And I can only assume that the list was so, so long, nobody had time to put it together, because that was the only question I didn't get a response to. So if I had an instinct, I would say it was... Man, it could have been Danae or Daniel, because Danae has known Aaron long enough Mm -hmm. to know that that won't offend him and that he'll laugh along with it. And Daniel's humour is dry enough that I think he would do it regardless (laughs) and just enjoy it. But yeah, I don't have a specific answer, but it is a dumb name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look, look, I agree. I really like don't 
like the name. It's fine. I don't. I also don't feel like I look like an Aaron. I don't know what I look like though. So like Desmond, I would take that. Yeah, All right. Desmond's a solid name. Yeah, I mean, did, so did Aaron really annoy you? Did you get that a yes, lot at school? I hate it. Oh man, that sucks. I was in high school when that came out, mm. and of course, that was like the peak of viral videos before. Uh huh. You know, like viral videos became TikTok and all that. Like this yes. peak, like YouTube <laughs> viral. It's it's just one of those things. I can't quite pin why it makes me so mad. I think it's because even though I don't really like the name Aaron, it still is the name I was given. And when you call mm. me A.A. Ron, you're mocking my name, right? I've like, always thought the same. So when a little nitpick I have, and it happens with Danae's name, like she has an accent mm-hmm. on the E. Whenever I see an email, it's like the, the E is missing. And I'm like, you're like, you couldn't take two seconds to type a key that is slightly different like and that's somebody's like name like that's a really personal thing and you're showing like a big lack of giving a fuck (laughs) by not respecting the spelling i don't know the key for danae's thing so i just copy and paste it from like her yeah if you have a number keypad if you press alt and one three zero at the same time then you will get the funny the e with the accent alt one three zero yep that's a lot but (laughs) <laughs> but it, it's somebody's name, right? So like, yeah, you go to the effort. So it's just, it's just one of those that, yeah, I think like it's, it's making a mockery of like my name and sure. It's not mm. the name I would have chosen for myself, but it's the name I was given. Like, and it was also one of those things like my best friend in high school was named Tim. So like Timothy from the same video. So we got, oh, a wow. Lot. You got a lot. And then I went to college and it transitions and people like just call you that. And then here's here's the biggest annoyance of it all. After somebody calls you a Aaron, they laugh and they, you know, slap their knee as white people do. But then they ask you if you've seen the video. Like, yes, I've seen the video. Like, do you <laughs> really think I have, you it's dick. 2022? Do you really think I haven't seen this 15 year old viral video? I saw uh-huh. it as soon as somebody called me a Aaron. Like, yeah. there's, there's not a chance I didn't see this video. Or I've been tied down and forced to watch it several times. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Look, it's one of the funniest videos ever. There's no denying that. It's great. Whatever. But, it, but it's one of those that, like, people will also just call you Aaron, and then and, and then they'll be like, have you seen the video? And I'm like, hey, um, also, I don't like being called that. So if you could refrain from doing that in the future, that'd be great. Like, you didn't yeah. know, so it's fine. Yeah. But then they still do it, and they're like, they know it's a trigger, and it's like... Mm. Being deliberately triggered, that's the sign of a good friendship. <laughs> Passing water, open container liquids over your friend's keyboards. Like assigning House of the Dragons to... to yes, or, exactly. or assigning vomiting videos to you. Yes, uh, oh my goodness. I And there's some of that in bloody Game of Thrones as well. Just... That was my question. I have more. I, I guess maybe uh, TV Sins is getting a petting zoo soon. Am I invited? <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I'm not staff, but like, can I come to the petting zoo? So I, I did note that. Uh, no, because we've hit our quota on people's stupid <laughs> names. Um, so we, we already have one AA run. We can't have two at the petting zoo. Um, <laughs> there was. If I was named anything else, I could. Anything make else, Desmond, <laughs> you're allowed in. You're fine. But AA run, no. Sad. I do know that the Chuck E. Cheese sin, I asked mm-hmm. people, like, did anybody actually work at Chuck E. Cheese? And is that from memory? And Danae replied, like, nope, never worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Daniel was like, I have never worked at Ch- Chuck E. Cheese. That is just made up out of whole cloth. But I imagine it. There's that is somebody's story. Somebody in the world, yeah. that is their story. I absolutely guarantee it. I, no, poor I did have a follow-up to that. Ian, maybe you can help me answer this. The narrator, mm. So the narrator just confirmed that he worked at Chuck E. Cheese at some point. Mm. What does that say about the narrator? Is it maybe why he's so callous and the sin, as always, is kids? Yeah, I think so. I think that will. I think there's multiple factors. 
There's some things we may never know. Um, I do actually think it would be incredible if the characters of the narrators had biographies, if they Mm -hmm. published their own books explaining why they are the way that they are. I think that would be with the origins of the sins as they see it, not the real world origins, but why kids in specific gets to them, why Skip happens. Yeah, I think that would be pretty fun. I would love to see Jeremy's next book be from the narrator's perspective. Yeah. It would I think be that would really be fun. really fun. Yeah. yeah, really, really super fun. I was just, yeah. I, like, I think every past Chuck E. Cheese worker is like the narrator to some point. Mm-hmm. Some part of them will we they get carried on. Yep. Um, the other question I noticed you had was about the there's a sin about doing foreshadowing and referencing mm-hmm. about teddy bear in the swimming pool is the only way to do real foreshadowing. Do you not know that reference? So I put, is this a real example, or is one of our writers just too good at their job? I, I think I know the reference now because I saw mm. your notes, but I would have not known. So that's as far as I know, that's a reference to the the bear in the swimming pool um, from Breaking Bad, which is like one of the greatest bits of like cold open foreshadowing throughout a season ever. So just to shame you, Mr. TV pop culture guru, for not knowing a Breaking Bad reference. Uh, it's been ten years since I've seen Breaking Bad, and um, for everyone else as well, I watched it once and thought it was fine. Oh, get off. Get out of here. The other thing I had is just nature is a thing of mysterious works. Viserys tries to pull a nature. How does it work? As if he's talking about something truly mysterious like magnets. And then there's a photo of the St. Khan posse. <laughs> and I just love, I love that. It was a nice touch. Add it to the super cuts, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's wild how that has come to be a thing. Like the how does it work? That was just a little throwaway sin that like we chucked in every now and again. I think me and Daniel were doing it quite a bit. And then we mentioned it a lot on BTS, and it's just evolved into this monster that can be applied to anything. It is the universal. Just In fact, this morning, we had a glitch with a spreadsheet, and Aaron just said, bit rates, how do they work? And it's just, <laughs> it applies to everything. Just everything. It really does. But I just I also like wanted to point it out because in Discord there were some people that were like, Why was there a photo of a clown for a split second in the middle oh, of the video? Oh man. I was and, gonna freak you out if you don't know why. Uh you ready to move on to light year? Let's do it. Let your Aaron and Danae writing on this one. Mm. Ian, do you like this movie? Um, I am yet to watch this movie. Okay. I've seen the Sins video, so I feel like I have watched it. Sure. Uh, you probably have, yeah. Uh, like The feedback is, I was pumped to see this movie, because I think the idea of showing the movie or showing the backstory of one of the toys from Toy Story is awesome. That's great. I want a Western with Woody. But all of the feedback was immediately, man, this is depressing as sin. Like... I expect heart from my Pixar movies, but I don't expect wishing that Toy Story didn't exist. There is a scene that really brings the emotion. And in the Sins video, there wasn't even a sin off for it because it was just, you're trying to make me feel these emotions, but this is stupid and that's stupid and that's stupid. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, fine. Narrator's a callous (laughs) old bitch. Um, (laughs) I think this is the most forgettable movie of 2022 so far. Like I saw it in Mm -hmm. theaters opening weekend. And I was excited to see it, even though it had middling reviews. And it's one of those that, like, I could tell you three things that happened in the movie, probably. And they're all involving Socks the Cat. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So. It seems the feedback is the cute sidekick saves the day, kind of. Yeah. Man, there's a nugget of a really interesting, like, Star Trek movie in here. Time dilation's always fun. Anything yeah. with time travel. I, I'm I'm there for it, but... Yeah, I'll spoil it, because, like, it's, it's the video, right? So, hmm. like, there's a plot reveal where a certain character is buzz in the future 
Mm. but he's like a more callous version of our current buzz or he's just like mm. if our buzz keeps on thinking the same way that he has been thinking and so yeah. he kind of has to like change so he doesn't become that person is if that's not already a star trek thing like that would be an incredible maybe that's star mm. trek 4 you know <laughs> no we're not going to start talking about star trek 4 stop it <laughs> oh we lost it just seems like that's such a great idea and it's just kind of lost in this mediocre movie that doesn't handle it terribly well yeah it's okay uh, I got a couple DMs on Twitter for this. Yeah. Uh, so Davis Dunkelberger wanted to know, who did the October Sky I Don't Want Your Life outtake? So apparently that's actually Varsity Blues, not October Sky. And that was from Aaron, and he just said it seemed perfect for Buzz trying to convince other Buzz. I haven't seen Varsity, but October Sky is a damn fine movie. So I haven't seen it either. Upset. I've tried those onto my ever, ever growing list. October Sky's great. Although anytime there's like the I don't want your life, I think of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, where he's like, I don't want your future. And it's like, that's so, that's so good. Yeah. Let's see. I also got another DM on Twitter for this one. Same guy. How many socks white out, white noise outtakes were cut? Many. <laughs> <laughs> many, many, many. Can I tell you my favorite uh, white noise joke? Oh, please do. I've, I've seen this on TikTok a couple of times. So the, the, the setup for the joke is somebody's they just moved in together or whatever. And they're like, hey, do you mind if I play some white noise while I sleep? And then they're like, yeah, sure. And then the lights go off and then some like noise Insane. starts playing. That's yeah. that's not, you know, like mm -hmm. actual white noise. We described it. My favorite one is that scenario happens and the lights turn off and then the intro theme to Friends comes on. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. <laughs> Oh man, that sucks. My favorite would be the goats, just doing the screaming goats. Like that's yeah, yeah, your white that noise you fall asleep to. Some of the things that you had from Danae or Aaron or anything that you had or whatever. So the light year counter. So this was the sorry, the living droid counter. Yes. That was from Danae. I loved that. It was like a premature sentencing screen as well. It's like, where are the other two droids? Mm -hmm. So good. Earth. Thoughts on that was this started out as my being annoyed with the inconsistencies of how many droids were deployed to follow Lightyear. There were 10 that were told to deploy, but only six shown in the next shot, then eight. This discrepancy made me pay close attention to how many there were from shot to shot, which led to me realizing that by the end of the sequence, there should be more surviving droids. Um, I thought about writing something more straightforward, but after reworking it for a while, the length of it seemed it could be bland. This led me to write a sin that could carry the audience in two ways. The first was a fun story playing as a normal sin, and the second is to bring in the secondary counter-calculation happening on screen. I enjoyed reading people's reactions to this. Having to go back to watch something and comprehend it and still like it by the end is a huge compliment in my opinion. So she was saying that some of the comments were like, I had to rewatch that several times mm -hmm. to make sure that it all added up. Because it is a bit abstract that mm -hmm. we're saying the wrong amount is deployed and then the right amount, but then the wrong amount is killed. But it's a lot of fun. And she's right. Like sometimes you can have these big, epic, long, multi-sentence, paragraph long scenes that you get lost by the end of it. So overlaying an, uh, an extra rub to what's visually on screen is really important to think about. And yeah, it's hilarious. It's so good. Well, and it's one of those that, like, I love the, like, this is setting up a pro proposed sequel for this one. I, I should have guessed it was Danae, because this seems like something straight out of a D&D &D campaign. Like, yeah. there's still one surviving droid out there, and so now uh -huh. it, it's got its revenge hell set on Buzz for killing all of its friends. Like, yeah. There's your, there's your story hook. I want to see that a lot more than I do the rest of this movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So true. Um, we both really, I mean, everybody on the team loved the bonus round for this one. And I <laughs> I was there when she was writing it and she said she was nearly done with the script. And then like two hours later, she's still writing. And I'm like, 
are you okay? Like, what what happened? And she was like, I'm just cataloging all of the times buttons are being pressed. And I'm like, okay, like, how long is that taking? And she's like, there's a lot of buttons and there's way mm. more than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the you go through the all of the button pushings, it accelerates and it still goes on forever is so great. Like, this movie is all button pushing. Yeah. Yeah, her thoughts on that was, once once upon a time I counted up all of the bullet shots in Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. The bonus round would have been an assault on the senses, so we decided to cut it, even though I had pinpointed every timestamp and tried to calculate and count every bullet sound. This was the second most involved bonus round that I have attempted. There are so many instances of buttons being pushed in this film, and I don't understand why the animators needed to reuse animation so many times. It was absolutely hilarious to watch it come to life. I was worried that it would be too long, so decided to go back and find the times when the shift was used and ramp up the speed. The editor on this was absolutely incredible, and it turned out better than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, it's it's gives me the chuckles. It's a good it was one. glorious. The Operation Thunderspear was A, the original name for Free Britney, the Free Britney movement, B, Marvel's codename for their unannounced Jasper Daniels Thor team up, and C, a spicy Albanian cola drink, or D, the only way I could get my college girlfriends through the gates of the fabled city of O. <laughs> Were there any alternate titles for Operation Thunderspear? As far as I know, that's all of them. Um, I think that was a lot of work to get to the college girlfriend <laughs> joke, and it is totally worth the journey. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that was... Yeah, I, I love those ones. Like, you get free license to just come up with the most batshit stuff you can think of. It's a lot of work to get to the O, is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> but it nice. pays off really well. <laughs> nice. Uh, I had no idea I was even doing that, which <laughs> is also the title of my sex tape. <laughs> Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, this was this was really fun because uh, the the sin is sleeping to anything other to any other noise than light rain. We are not taking second opinions, and I have disabled YouTube comments about this sin. And it's just one of those mm-hmm. where Aaron mentioned it uh, on the podcast last, and so I was like waiting for this sin to show up, and it finally did. Oh, nice! So yeah, those of you that listen every week. Here's the payoff for a sin that was referred to a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Amazing. This is the one. Uh, that'll take us to Wednesday's video, Rick and Morty. Did you guys not do season four yet? No, we still had episodes outstanding. Oh. So in the gap, the sudden gap that Rick and Morty took, the sudden hiatus they took for season six, we decided to backfill with some Rick and Morty stuff that we hadn't finished yet. But we're very, very close. I think there's only three or four episodes left to do before we've done every single Rick and Morty. Aaron and Daniel writing on this script. Mm-hmm. I just had one one note. <laughs> the sin is to all of those who growed out and grabbed all the Yasika Insta handles. <laughs> all I have to say is that your commitment to mimicry and parody of this character has been underwhelming. This sin is on your hands. I just want to know who did the research and what were the observations that you made? So Daniel did the research on that one and he uh-huh. did actually search Instagram for the Yasika handles. And he said there actually weren't very many, but and one of them was just pictures of a funeral. What? And I was like, really? Like, is that? Like, okay, you got the handle and then apparently just put up pictures from a funeral. You do you. That's that's fine. And the others were just, they were just very unimaginative. They were just like regular things. So I think they were very happy with the, the handle and aren't making brilliant use of it in the narrator's observation. That's amazing. That's really funny. I, I have to find this funeral one now. <laughs> Yeah, I did check a few Insta handles that were closest to being exactly what was in the episode. One or two just had a funeral, had the funeral post, and the others were just other stills from the show. Oh, okay, I miss, I misread that. So it's literally just the funeral post from Rick and Morty, not pictures from a funeral. So this Sad. is why you reread your notes, Ian. 
because that was a hilarious misconception. Well, here now we put it on the world that somebody could create an Instagram account that just says Yasika. Well, someone's gonna do it now. And it's just pictures of a funeral, and yeah. it'll be written into the next Rick and Morty episode. And- Without a doubt, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm waiting for them to start a podcast where they sin their own show. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think they did a great job on the video and the no notes. <laughs> That'll take us to Thursday's video, uh, Star Trek Six. Uh, yes. is it the Undiscovered okay. Country. That's the name for this one. Yes, Undiscovered Country. This is not the last time we'll talk about Star Trek today. By the way, ooh, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Surprisingly, Ian not on the script or today. Neither of the captains pod people on this. So around about the time that we seen this, we had Jeremy on Captain's Pod. Because Star Trek Six was fresh in his mind, we wanted to review it. This was the first original series movie. Actually, yeah, the original series movie that Danae watched. The the very final original series crew. Like that's her first introduction to the Star Trek movies, which is so so great. So we had a lot of explaining to do, but Jeremy's review of that is so 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 fun. So we could have both written on it. I could have written on it probably without having watching it. Watched it again. But yeah, I was the reviewer, so I, it did pass my eyes before mm. it went on and got approved. Not going to surprise you to know, because I think I mentioned it before, um, the only Star Trek things I've ever seen have been the Kelvin timeline mm. and Lower Deck season one. Mm-hmm. And I like Lower Decks. I would like to see the future seasons. I just haven't done it. It's just such a back catalog at this point. Kind of like Doctor Who. Like, I don't think I will ever watch Doctor Who because there's so much. There's so much, and it's so varying quality as well. But Star Trek is worth the back catalog. I am more likely to watch the Star Trek stuff. At the very least, probably all I would do would be um, the original series, The Next Generation, and the movies. Mm. Uh, I and think that, that would be. That's good. Yeah, you cover the bases there. Your thoughts on Star Trek 6? Your brief thoughts? Oh, I love this movie. I love it. Of course I do. I love it. It has some of the best lines. Like, some of the best line deliveries in probably any of the Star Trek movies when, like, Spock and Kirk are arguing about the Klingons and Spock is like, sir, they will die. And, like, Shatner just delivers this vitriolic, let them die. And it's so good. Like, when Shatner is being directed properly, he can be really, really good and really, really passionate. Just don't let him direct himself or anyone else. Yeah, like in Miss Congeniality. He's great. I have not seen that movie, but I will assume you're being facetious. (laughs) He's playing William Shatner. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I hope he's significantly over the top. Yeah. But no, it's a great storyline. It's such an interesting way to round out the original series movies as well, because it has a theme. It's a murder mystery, political thriller film instead of a straight up sci-fi thing. So it's just, it's really interesting that this is how Nicholas Mayer decided to like write the ship after the bonkersness of the final frontier. It was like, this is, we are fortunately getting one more movie. This is how we're going to send it off. And it's just, it's fantastic. It's so good. Christopher Plummer just nails every single line delivery. So good. Jeremy's notes. This is my favorite Trek film of all of them. So I thought that was a bold take because I so I had always heard even numbered are great, odd numbered are terrible. Mm-hmm. That's fair for the original series, yeah. Yeah, like for uh, at least that's general rule of thumb. I just always thought that Wrath of Khan was everybody's favorite. It is, but in the last like kind of 10 to 15 years, I think it's going through that thing where it's everyone's answer, so you have to pick another one. So yeah, so your favorite Star Wars can't be Empire, it has to be something Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I genuinely am on Jeremy's side here. I love Wrath of Khan, 
but I will reach for the undiscovered country more often because for me, it's a more engaging story. Like Ratha Khan is great, but it is a very standard good guy, bad guy. Like there's sure. way more mystery and intrigue and layers to the undiscovered country. Well, you are not alone. Mm. You and Jeremy, because uh, Star Trek six, J- Jonathan's notes. This is my favorite Star Trek film. Now he, he said Star Trek film. Jeremy said, this is my favorite Trek film of all of them. I don't know that either of those implies TNG movies and Kelvin Timeline and all that. So so I can tell you that for Jeremy, it would be close between that and 2009, the first yeah. of the Kelvin movies. For Jonathan, that will be his favorite of all of them because he hates the TNG movies. <laughs> sure. I don't think he likes any of them. Yeah, I, I, nobody talks about the TNG movies. I will! <laughs> My favorite is Star Trek Beyond. I love Star Trek Beyond. It's great. It's yeah. it's excellent. It really is. Let's see. Uh, more notes from Jeremy. Uh, it is the most complete while still somehow totally misusing some key cast members. <laughs> but we wrote <laughs> yeah. this at least four months ago, so I'm struggling to remember it very well. I know we hammered the prison planet's wavering coldness. Mm-hmm. I remember we send Spock basically mind-violating Kim Cattrall's Vol- Vulcan character. Mm-hmm. I remember we send the sudden super anti-Klingon racist Kirk. Yeah. And the film's reliance on Shakespeare's quotes would weigh down a lesser movie, but uh, but here they <sighs> buoy it even to further greatness. Yeah. I mean, coming out of Christopher Plummer's mouth as well, like, it's genius to cast him as a Klingon that is still very English. <laughs> like, it's so great. <laughs> it's so clever. Jonathan says, I, I work enjoy working on these movies that I love. Uh, it makes finding sins a little more challenging. Sometimes we spend anywhere from 8 to 12 hours on these films, probably more than that. So it's better uh, when it's a movie you like. Uh, I love that we gave Nicholas Meyerson off. I hadn't really thought about how he had to come in twice and write the ship, so to speak. Uh-huh. And For he real. pulled it off marvelously both times. Um, so he he directed Rathacon as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he consulted on three and four. Five, I don't think he had anything to do with it. It's also really interesting to take a step back and look at the central conflict and realize how ridiculous it is that one planet or moon being compromised could even take down the entire Klingon Empire. <laughs> yeah, like, right. that is some poor fucking planet on your part of the species. <laughs> uh, and also the idea that the Enterprise is out there after having been called back a few times by themselves and no other ships are sent out to assist or investigate uh, what is going on is so ridiculous. This is supposed mm. to be one of the biggest steps for the, the Federation has ever taken, so they're going to rely on one crew to take care of everything. A crew that consists primarily of people that should be retired. <laughs> yeah. Still love the movie, obviously, but it wasn't that hard to sin. And uh, we, of course, made a joke about the movie ripping off the Klingon ship explosion from Generations, which came out three years later. Mm-hmm. And, of course, somebody thought they were calling us out on it, which happens every time we do a joke like this. Jonathan's gotten a little bit of nitpicking the nitpickers and the nitpickers mm. going on. He's like, yes, that's the joke. It's one of those that's so obvious. You just, how do you not realize that we're joking? Because mm-hmm. if we're wrong and you think that we're, we're not deliberately wrong, that means that you think that we think Undiscovered Country came out after generations. Do you honestly think that we think that's the case? Yeah. I have one question about this film. Mm. The narrator finally gets to sing Land Down Under. Yes. And he mentions that he's always wanted to sing in a video. So, what other songs are on Jeremy's wish list of would like to sing in a video? So the biggest one, top of the list, and this may only happen if we sin Star. No, wait, we did sin Star Trek Beyond. But anyway, it's sabotage by the by the Beastie Boys. He wants to do that. <laughs> I can't believe that's not already in somewhere. Yeah, you'd think it would be. But now that it's out there, like you now you're you're gonna think about it and you're gonna write it into something. This was in a public channel. The entire team. So the specific line that Jeremy wanted 
yeah, I'd love to sing some Beastie Boys sometime. Ah, what you see, you might not get. So I think that's one of the lines from one of the verses of mm-hmm. Sabotage. So I, that will that will probably be in the next script that all of us write, <laughs> and you'll see it in six videos back to back. <laughs> that's fun. I thought that was a really fun question. I was like, if he yeah. really wanted to do this, what else does he have in the canon? What else would he sing? It, especially because it also has to be something he hasn't sang before. So you, mm-hmm. know, you can't do Skyfall or... Yeah. Um, like, I'm sure there has to be It's Raining Men somewhere. Like, it's already been written. I don't know that there has been. My favorite one that I forced on him was Earth Song by Michael Jackson. <laughs> and it was in the Fantastic Beasts movie. Uh-huh. Because when... I can't remember any of the characters' names. But, like, the world is falling around him. And he kind of looks a bit like Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Like the bad guy. It was, it was so perfect. That's all I had. So um, feel free to talk about all the other stuff that you have for this movie. Oh, I just had some nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. Um, mm-hmm. Lots and lots of people highlighted that Spock says that the when you're faced with a problem and all of the logical answers have been dismissed, the only one that remains, no matter how illogical, has to be the truth. And we misnamed that as Occam's Razor instead of the Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes quote. Which was a boo-boo. I should have spotted that. Um, because Occam's razor is the simplest answer is usually the correct one, rather mm. than overcomplicating things. So if you hear hooves, it's probably a horse, don't assume it's a zebra. So yeah, I misnamed well, I didn't misname it, but none of us caught that. And it's just annoying because then you have fifty people in the comments that take great joy in telling you, Did you not realise that, that was that was a Sherlock Holmes quote and not Occam's razor? Of course I knew that, but well, that's a green card, right? That's green. Oh, yeah. No, that's green. The commenter is green. Yeah, yeah. Commenter is green remember. on that one. <laughs> and the so this was this was another. I I didn't go into this deliberately trying to get nitpicking the nitpickers, but I have ended up doing so. A lot of the comments were coming at us for sinning the unnecessary blood that is pooling at the head of the assassin. Now they sin us because. We didn't mention that the fact that it's red blood shows that this is a human and not a Klingon. And the only reason we know that this is a human in a Klingon disguise is because it's in a deleted scene and mentioned in the director's commentary. So I'm like, you can't have a pop at us for missing something that isn't in the fucking movie. Well, so is that not canon that Klingons don't have red blood except for in the deleted scene? So just in this movie, Klingons have pink blood. That's it. It's in no other movie. It's nowhere at all. And it was purely because the assassin ends up having red blood because he's a human disguised as a Klingon. But they delete that scene. So there's no need for it at all. It's been retconned to say that only royal Klingons have pink blood, but even that's been ignored completely. So yeah, it's just funny to sin to ding us for not sinning something that isn't in the movie. And... It's just that wasn't even the thing that we're sinning. We're sinning the fact that it was a gratuitous amount of blood and we didn't need to see it. But obviously the reason it's in there is to prove that he's human. But it's it's just it's funny to to sin us for something we shouldn't be acknowledging because you, you you shouldn't be sinning deleted scenes. Sure. Although yeah, we have the deleted scene <laughs> isn't in the video, right? Like it's deleted for it's a not, reason. So it's, it's not. not in the film, it's not in the video, it's not in the version that we watched. Um therefore we shouldn't be sinning it. Yeah, that would be a whole separate channel, deleted sins or deleted scenes sins. Well, what's hilarious um, is that we we have in this franchise done that because in the Wrath of Khan, Scotty don't bring, give him ammo, Ian. Don't give him ammo. <laughs> Scotty comes to the bridge with an engineer that's dying, and 
Scotty is crying and we're just like, don't act like that's your nephew or whatever because there's a deleted scene that establishes the dead engineer is Scotty's nephew. That's why he's so passionate about this engineer that died. So <laughs> we'll nice. do it when we want, okay? <laughs> yeah, that, that was all I had for um, for The Undiscovered Country other than I love that movie. It's so good. Nice. Uh, uh, last, uh, oh, I guess last normal video of, because we still have a recent to do, of week one. Is the Daniel Craig Belvedere Vodka. Let's see. Jonathan wrote on this one. He says, Mm -hmm. this was a commercial that had a lot of articles written about it. So it seemed like a no brainer to tackle it. I love seeing Daniel Craig having a lot of fun with this uh, fall with this commercial and the Knives Out sequel. Those last few Bond films, he just looked pissed off all the time. And I love that Taika can't really help but put himself in the commercial that he's directing. So that was an easy sin to make. It's a really fun commercial. Trying to stay away from the music was less difficult than I thought. And Daniel Craig doing whatever that dance he did on the elevator is something that once you see, you just can't unsee it. <laughs> and then I asked about the Epcot sco- story, and he said, I already told Ian the Epcot story, which factors into this video. So, let's mm. hear the Epcot story. Well, the Epcot story is a real is real to a point. He Ooh. did have a pair of shoes that smelled so bad it made the rental car reek. He washed them twice to no avail and had to go buy new shoes in Florida and throw those out. However they did eventually get the smell out of the car. So that was the exaggeration, was that Mm. it wasn't a permanent foot funk that was in the Ford F word. Damn it, nearly had an F. Is there an F? Is there a Ford that begins with a Ford F-150? There we go. I don't think he rented a Ford F-150. Focus? Focus. Damn it, Ford Focus. That's right there. The the, the foot funk in the Ford Focus was not forever. Uh, I like to think it resurfaced at some point. Oh yeah, when the next people picked up the car, it just they moved one of the mats over and it just Jonathan's feet just hit them. It's possible. That's what I choose to believe as well. Yeah, it's just like Ultron, where like, you know, there's one that like is yes. still out there and he's just like, haha, now I'm gonna go replicate and still be as powerful. Like Exactly. <laughs> you heard it here first. Jonathan Watkins' feet are Ultron. <laughs> Daniel Craig is the new arch nemesis of commercial sins, according to this video. So who is the arch nemesis for cinema sins and TV sins? Mm, So I didn't get an answer for cinema sins, but I would guess that it is most likely, I'm going to say specifically, whichever character thingy plays in Uncharted, not Tom Holland. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg, whatever his character is, he's going to be the arch nemesis. Yeah, because I know that that he specifically pissed off the narrator a lot. So I'm choosing the, this week. The enemy of the okay. week is him. Okay, <laughs> I like the enemy of the week. Yeah, but for TV sins, it's definitely Rick because Rick does all of our work for us, and it makes our job harder when he's already sinning his own show. Yeah, that's fair. I thought you were going to say the writers are Rick, and, which also works, <laughs> but Rick is is probably better. Rick is it's definitely channeling the writers for sure. Yeah, cool. There you go. You have the arch nemesis um, of the week. For cinema sins and mm-hmm. of so all many. time for commercial and TV sins. All right, that'll take us into the recent video for week one: uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Jeremy and Jonathan mm-hmm. again. Lots of stuff from them this week. Uh, do you want to hear Jeremy or Jonathan's thoughts first? Jeremy. Jeremy has to say it was fun revisiting this one. There were moments I wanted to pay homage from the original video, like Mother Hubbard. And you don't need to stop traffic for Spider-Man, but for the most part, these are entirely new observations, or at least new spins on previous observations. The movie is just goofy enough to give a Sin Rider plenty of fodder, but sincere enough to pull some heartstrings here and there. The best thing about the, uh, this movie is the Garfield, or about the Garfield Spider-Man films is his chemistry with Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. 
What do you think about these movies? Well, the first one, because we'll get to the second one in a bit. What, The Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm on record as it's my favorite Spider-Man films. Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. I like both of them. Uh, I always understand the dislike, because like what you like and dislike what you dislike, that's fine. But I really enjoy them. They're long. They're very, very long for what they are. But for me, the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, even, and I'm going to say it, even the second one, are tricky watches now because they are pretty cheesy and overly sincere. And I think so many superhero tropes have been pulled from them that it's hard to not watch it and think it's tropey, which mm-hmm. is harsh because it invented the tropes. But yeah, the the Garfield ones feel fresh and I think they just suffered from coming too quickly after the Maguire ones, which totally makes sense. But yeah. yeah, I really, really, I really, really, really dig these movies. I love the spy undercurrent thing of his parents were spies and that added it level was different, of complexity. Right? Yeah, I'm glad it was like, different. Yeah. yeah. Points for different. Mm-hmm. Ian, we're going to piss a lot of people off because I also love these movies. Yes! Get it! <laughs> and I Get also it. think that the Tobey Maguire movies don't hold up quite as well. The first one is because the CGI was doesn't hold up in the, mm-hmm. from the first movie. And I just, I like Spider-Man too, but I never saw it as the goaded one that everybody else thinks it is. Yeah. No, me neither. And I think Spider-Man 3 is fine. Yeah. It's not good, but it's not bad. I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks either. <laughs> right, yeah, it's fine. Everybody says it's terrible. It's fine. Everyone ragged on it so hard yeah. at the time. It's probably the worst Spider-Man movie made, but like, it's still not terrible. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I know Far From Home is up there. Okay, so here's where we're going to disagree, because I think Far From Home is my favorite. Live oh, interesting. Movie. Yeah. Fair enough. I love it. I, especially the last five minutes, which... MCU if phase four got a phase four just completely ignores the last five minutes in no way home but oh completely totally redundant yeah but yeah i i really like especially because like man you think of mysterio as a character you're like how does that translate to film and then they do it i'm like oh all right mysterio is great i just don't like the movie he's in (laughs) that's fair Uh, look you're allowed to that's okay i just i I still think that's my favorite we're gonna agree on the garfield stuff though and that's what we're talking about totally yeah No, I love Garfield. I think he's great. And there's there's the the, the they even give a sin off for it in this video. And it, to me, it's the perfect reason why. First of all, Andrew Garfield is the best actor of the three to play Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's a shame he doesn't already have an Oscar. He'll get there someday. I'm sure. Agreed. Yep. And he better get some Emmy nomination for Under the Banner of Heaven this year. So that- oh, I need to watch that show. I've heard it's good. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's the kind of whimsical nature of the the trolly nature of the Spider Man because there's the one where he like uh, he's got the guy after he does the the breaking into the car and then he like does that fake sneeze and he winds up like webbing him in the balls as he does it like that is one of my favorite scenes out of any of the Spider Man movies mm-hmm. I think that pretty much everything about this movie works especially their chemistry um, it's yeah. undeniable that Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield have great chemistry in these two movies definitely more than Toby and Kristen and not to say that they didn't but like. Andrew and Emma are like Ryan and Emma levels, you know, Ryan Gosling and Emma yeah. Stone levels. Mm-hmm. So they're really, really good. Yeah. I, I saw it in a theater and I really liked it and I own the 4Ks. I think it's a great movie. So mm-hmm. shut up, haters. This is also, I think, maybe the first time that I saw like truly great acting in a superhero movie. Like mm. say all you want about like Wolverine, but he was not a good actor in the movies no. until Days of Future Past. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Mm hmm. This movie came out. Uh, this movie came out a couple years after Iron Man and The Dark Knight. So never mind. I take that back because mm. both Robert Downey Jr. and oh, man. But either way, like this is. <laughs> it feels like it came out in two thousand and eight. It, it really. Does. It doesn't feel like it came out as late as it did. 
It does. But yeah, either way, he's they're all great. Jonathan says, I hadn't seen this movie since the theater, and I recalled having a lot of fun with it, even though I really wanted to see Raimi's Spider-Man 4, and still do. Me too, by the way. Especially if he gets Malkovich's Vol- Vulture, which was the original plan. Oh, that's fun. It didn't hold up as well as I would like it to. Garfield and Stone's chemistry is off the charts, and they make the movie worth watching all on their own. I think Sally Field and Dennis Leary give really nice supporting performances. The CG on the lizard looks pretty terrible now, and maybe it did then. I just don't recall. And it's beyond ridiculous that Peter doesn't suspect Connors from the start, especially after he had that conversation with him and knows that he's using reptile DNA to cure incurable incurable diseases. Also, the knowledge of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 while watching this film doesn't do it any favors. I loved Jeremy's obsession with the Brazino. <laughs> Branzino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote nothing from me, just a great video that I enjoyed. I didn't have anything that like sparked questions. Yeah. Or whatever. No, it's a so. it's a great, great video. And doing these recent videos has been an absolute honor and a like a pleasure to do them, to dip back into the the archives and give these movies the proper sins treatment. It was like my one of my top questions when I joined was in the back of my mind, like, are we going to be able to do that someday? And it's it's a perfect opportunity to do it. It's super duper duper fun. And I've done Prometheus has come out. Mm-hmm. Prometheus was the week yeah. before. Super duper fun to do that. Yeah, and this was the first Cinema Sins video I ever watched. The Amazing Spider-Man. Managed to catch the very the, first video. <laughs> the very first one when, yeah, just caught it on a on an article from BuzzFeed, I think, or something like that. Yeah, no, it's really, really fun. Fun video. The very first one I watched was uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which was, I think, the second or third video. Yeah, that'll be early on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, not really. I'm sorry, I but I didn't get any DMs and I didn't think of anything that was worth no. asking. No, so. I think that's everything. Oh, this is fun. You'll be on the recent video for next week. Oh, fun. So that's the other one. Because I was checking the schedule just to make sure I didn't miss anyone. So you're on the one that is currently scheduled for mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. days from now. Yeah. Uh, and Prometheus. So Monday's video, House of the Dragon. That's the thing. I didn't write down. The, it's episode seven. I didn't write down the title. Whatever. Uh, Ian and Danae on this one. Danae working on mm. this one again. We already talked about House of the Dragon, uh, our thoughts on it. So... I I just had one question from this video and I it, there was a point where uh, it's so dark and there's really not much that happens. <clears> and so it's just like the narrator is like, I'm going to fill you in darkness. He's horny. She's not like like lots of very quick goes yeah. through like 15, 20 minutes of the episode in spark notes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this is a beach. These people just had sex on the beach and aren't picking sand out of their crotch. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's annoying. She doesn't care. Yeah, I just want to know who who decided that, and uh, that because that's that's brilliant. That was that was all Danae. Um, that was inspired by being fed up of sinning the same thing. So one of the good things that Game of Thrones does is that it does get us out of a rut. So because we end up sinning, walking in darkness and poor plotting and whatever, we're forced to be imaginative and creative with it so that we're not just for our own sanity we're not just creating the same old stuff every single video so she was like wouldn't it be fun if the narrator just tried to help everybody out but because he (laughs) can't see it as well his help isn't very helpful so the arrows are all in the wrong direction they're all like spinning around and pointing at the wrong thing which is just it's hilarious to me she came up with it and just did a little Danae diatribe of here's what i see and mm-hmm. then let the arrows do do the funny work as well so yeah it's 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 really really fun to watch yeah absolutely yeah that's all i had did you have any other things no just yeah this episode was annoying to we pretty much talked about it earlier it was annoying to watch because it was so dark me and aaron watched it on his big tv 
He's got it optimized, and we yep. still couldn't see a thing. The day for yep. night stuff, as soon as that kicked in, it was like, what are we watching here? And it's it's just, doesn't matter if you're watching this in a theater, at home, on your phone, it's nearly unwatchable. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. Tuesday's video, Willow. Uh, Ian, we're semi-close in age. Um, hmm. This is a nostalgia film for me. Is it for you? No, totally missed Willow. I have never watched it to this day. So yeah, I totally went under my radar. I love Warwick Davis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, love him. Two pieces. He's great. But just never watched the never watched the movie. I remember seeing it as a kid. I don't remember anything about it. Um, I haven't seen it anytime recently. And honestly, I don't really plan to because I feel like this movie would be great for kids, but terrible for everybody else. I mean, this is. I think the Sins video even calls it out. This is like way watered down Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't necessarily remember this movie fondly either. Like I, I think it's even more my older brother my older brother's like nostalgia because he's five years older than me. Yeah. And so that was I'm I'm ninety five, so he was born in ninety. Like it, it's kind of more his That's fair. nostalgia pick. I was just around a couple times it was on. Mm-hmm. So I like the people in the movie, but especially after seeing the Sins video, I'm like, I have zero desire to see the full film. <laughs> yeah. Uh you want to hear Jeremy or Jonathan's notes first? Jonathan they are the writers. Let's do it. Jonathan this time. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this movie. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid and remember next to nothing about it. I don't even recall if I liked it as a kid. I definitely don't like it as a as an adult. Uh, its biggest issue is that Willow is kind of an asshole. He's not a very likable protagonist. I remembered Val Kilmer's character being a lot more assholish. And I think he's supposed to be. But Willow is so unpleasant that you almost wish that Val Kilmer's character was the main hero. He definitely <laughs> helps out a lot more than Willow does, at least initially. And Willow's sudden ability to be an amazing sorcerer isn't developed well, so it's not believable. Plus, he's using a fucking parlor trick to save the day. I did want to mention that the Quaker Oats tie-in was totally true and that knowledge came after I was trying to figure out if McDonald's or another fast food restaurant had a tie-in, which I couldn't find a name for one, but Chris found this article and shared it with me where I discovered the Quaker Oats tie-in, and I think that made the sin work a little better than if I'd been if it had been McDonald's or Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, worth pointing out, this video came out because Willow is getting a limited series on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it's going to launch soon. So like that's if you're curious why that's why. And I, I probably would like would have checked out the movie to see the series. But again, like after seeing this, like I have no interest in the movie or the series. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I probably won't either just because I haven't got a connection to the movie. Sure. Uh, Jeremy says, look, Willow is a terrible, terrible movie. Folks love it and defend it, but that's a pure nostalgia talking. This movie is objectively awful. It makes no sense. It changes the rules often, and it's annoying. I don't care what anyone says. I think Willow is one of the worst movies I've sinned. It's a fantasy movie making, but by but done by fourth graders who only know that some folks should be super tiny and there should be a queen and a baby. I hate, 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 hate this movie. Oh, man, that's fascinating. Warwick Davis is an amazing person and actor, but this movie is all the balls. <laughs> That's amazing. He needs to watch um, uh, Return to Oz <laughs> because that's worse than this movie. I have heard. I haven't even seen Willow, and I know that Return to Oz is the worst movie. Uh, same as The Amazing Spider-Man. I-, I loved kind of watching the narrators rip this movie to shred. Or narrator, mm-hmm. there's one. Or writing, watching the writers rip this movie to shreds. It again just seems so stupid. Um, and not watching it in full context either, like that. Mm. You know. But I. Don't have anything that I wanted to prod about. No, no further notes from me. Love the no video. notes. But I did mention just a good time, you know, because like no notes, but like because we're not writing down sins we really like this week. No notes. 
Wednesday's video, Rick and Morty uh, 4x2. We're on this week, by the way. Mm. Stuff. Uh, that's week. Uh, the Old Man and the Seat. Um, I really like this episode. I love this episode. It's so good. It's so relatable. <laughs> you and Jonathan writing on this. Yes. I just have one question. Mm-hmm. You really hate Jerry, don't you? Yes, I do. It's my favorite thing. And I want to put together a supercut of everything that we've seen about Jerry. All of the insults, all of the mean things. It's now, like, the meaner we get, the funnier it is. Like, it and is. It's, there are some people in the comments that aren't quite on board. Because, like, hey, what's with the Jerry hate? But he is everything that's wrong with haphazard, accidental fathers parents whatever just well-meaning but not present and not in the room like doing what he thinks is right and that gives him an easy life but doesn't actually give a second of four into the future about what this means for everybody else and it's that lack of forward thinking and empathy for other people that gets me and pisses me off so much and he's meant to be like that that is his character we are not yep. sinning the show for that we are sinning that this person exists and that we all need to be less like Jerry. So I will compare him to, uh, what was it, like the primordial smegma that the universe decided yep. to give sentience. That was when I wrote down this because I was like, you just called Jerry smegma. Like that's yeah. <laughs> like, hey, with man, that's a low blow. Smegma with sentience. Yeah. And it's just, he fucks up every single plan and he just wants this pity high five and that fucks them up as well. And yeah. I just loved in the outtakes, pulling the Billy Madison quote and just yep. like, aiming that at Jerry. Like, Nothing you said makes any sense or has any merit. And we are all worse off for you being here. So yeah, I, I do not like Jerry. Yeah. It, the Jerry hate was, was strong in this video. Yeah. And um, again, you're right. The more you do it, the funnier it is. So mm -hmm. I'll encourage you hating on Jerry. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're right. He kind of is supposed to be that. I'll let you finish. And then I have some notes from Jonathan. So sinning summer for complaining about Beth not knowing what Sumai Tai meant with like the whole abbreviation thing. Mm -hmm. I wrote an entire sin that was like four or five lines long and all of the abbreviations where I just used the first two letters. But <laughs> it just it was gibberish. Like it was too much. Like it was criticizing some summer for not abbreviating properly and just got really complicated. So we just ended up using the end of it, which was all's key. Also kids but abbreviated. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was we kind of just talked about it and was like, this could be funny, but it's also it could just get completely lost. Fair. The other thing I left from the comments was the amount of people that were pissed off that we ended on 69 <laughs> sins until the sin removal dropped a deuce and moved it to 67. I was like, I didn't realize people would be so passionate about missing out <laughs> on 69 sins. Look, it's, it's the same thing as when you're watching the DVD idle screen and it's getting close to the corner, right? Like <laughs> it it's doesn't the exactly same hit the corner. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan says, I think longtime BTS listeners probably know that I'm really uncomfortable with, let's say, toilet or bathroom humor. And this episode is literally about a toilet. So I did not find it watching this a pleasant experience. I don't think I was originally on this either, but agreed to take it, not knowing what it was about. Uh, but I survived. I had a lot of fun writing the script at the end. I love Ian's sin about let's take a look at the villain's plan. I don't know if that's a skill, but Ian is always able to break down a villain's plan in an interesting and funny way and turn it into a great skill. Yeah, uh, sin, sin, we'll call it a skill. Yeah, I'll take that as a skill. Uh, and Ian sins about the sandwich and his use of the word turd putter. <laughs> were <laughs> both disgusting and uncomfortable uh, for me to read. And I laughed so hard I was crying. I really don't want to think about this episode anymore. 
No. Yeah, I polled the crew for... Because I didn't want to use pooping once, and I didn't want to use poo, poop, going to the bathroom, whatever. So I said, send me all of your analogies. And I included and Aaron all of sent them 40, and everybody else sent three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sinking the Bismarck was my favorite one that I'm going to continue yeah. using. And, and the Hershey squirts came from Danae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've just always liked taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's it's, amazing. It's just iconic. I'd explain that to my wife one time. I was like, so the Browns are a football team. Yes. <laughs> and the Super Bowl is the championship. Yep. She's like, yeah, what do you, you didn't, you, like, you're not playing Madden on the Xbox right now. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm going to the bowl. With the Browns. With the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> My ass. On that note, let's move on to Top Gun Maverick. Thursday's oh, yeah. video. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, you and Daniel are writing on this one. Yeah. So this is the first video where I've written on the sequel for a video where I worked on the original. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, you and Daniel both, right? Yeah. Me and Daniel both did the original Top Gun. It was our third or fourth script that we ever mm-hmm. wrote before either of us were full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a big one. Top Gun had like five writers on it. So Maverick felt like understaffed by only having two of us <laughs> on it. It was really funny. Um, but Maverick's my favorite film of the last of this year, I think, unless something bizarre happens. It's two for me. It's incredible. It's just a fantastic action movie with a great story. I had to like stop myself watching the movie to sin it. Because I would just get, look, 10 minutes would have gone by and I've just been watching the movie with some popcorn. I'm like, oh shit, I'm at work. I need to actually <laughs> I actually have a job to do here. It does, didn't mean that it wasn't easy to sin, though. This is the biggest, most detailed debate that I've ever had of a, of a movie. So me, Chris, and Daniel all got our heads together to work out if this mission was actually the only way that it could be done. Because they're very emphatic that this has to be done in 2 minutes and 30 seconds. It has to be done this way. It has to be done with this many pilots. And it has to be done in this sequence of events. And we were like, are we missing something here? Because the sequence of events is they fire the Tomahawk missiles, which starts the timer. The timer is how long it will take the ships, the the, the pilots that are at the airbase, to get to them and intercept them. And then they have that amount of time to get through the valley, blow up the enrichment plant, and then get out of there. The problem is, if you're sending the Tomahawk missiles to blow up the airbase, that two-minute timer doesn't matter. Also, if the missiles is what sets off the two-minute timer, just don't send the missiles. But either way, the only thing that you're worried about are the pilots that are already in the air. And you don't know where they are. The only way this plan makes sense is if you know that the pilots are hovering above the airbase, which means firing the missiles at the airbase won't matter because they're already in the air. And B, you can't know that they're already two minutes and 30 seconds away. They're either already in the valley or so far away that it doesn't matter. To get to that stage of all of us agreeing that the Tomahawk missiles don't make sense, the timer doesn't make sense, you don't need six pilots either. Send 12. Mm -hmm. Like, why... Mm -hmm. If this is so hard, why not send 24 ships? Or, hey, here's an idea. Send an unmanned drone to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> drone. yeah that, that drone cut to Ed Harris was hilarious. <laughs> His eyebrow turning around. Drones! All of that discussion took hours. Like, it was an entire afternoon. 
where Oof. we looked up videos of like the different maneuvers and yeah it was it was an undertaking but i think now as of recording this it hasn't hit the channel yet so i haven't looked i don't that no comments exist so i we are in schrodinger's top gun at the minute yeah I it's it's hit for patron know. it's hit for patrons but I exactly. think it'll go public very soon. Probably as we're recording. So I'll be Probably. interested to see what the comments are on this one. But yeah, it was really fun to talk this out and make sure that we were like understanding the good guys plan in this case and making sure it didn't make sense in the ways that we thought. And there are three sins that we cut where it was just too complicated, too argumentative, and we trimmed it down to here's the gist of it. Yeah. But yeah, really fun. I love this movie. It's my second favorite movie of the year. I, I just adore everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. oh it's good but uh it, it's almost a shame because like i feel like top gun maverick should have been number one on my list at some point but mm-hmm. because eeaoa came out first great great movie it, it never was <laughs> it's just sat at number two for the entirety of Aww. the year didn't even get a token placement no i love it i think it looks gorgeous um it's one of those like i i saw it only once in the theaters i I think a lot of people were watching it and i wanted to go back i just couldn't find the time Uh, and Mm -hmm. i realized that's weird because it was in theaters for so long but like yeah i have so much to catch up on this year and then also doing this and my other podcast and all that so i saw it on my own for reasons i can't remember if i was on sif pop for it i can't remember but Mm -hmm. i definitely watched it on my own and then i'll rarely 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 see a film twice but i just said to my dad you have to watch this movie watch top gun tonight again to refresh yourself and then we're gonna go and see it tomorrow morning and saw it with my man dad yeah and just had the best time like it was just to see them enjoy it so much as well like it hits the nostalgia but it manages to be its own movie this is a good movie if you've never seen top gun yeah um and that's a that's a neat trick yeah, and we, me and my wife, watched Top Gun before seeing it too. Top Gun's a bad movie, but Maverick is an excellent movie. Top Gun's a fine movie. It's it's dated as heck, but it's fine. I, my favorite scene, uh, just because it sums up my feeling of uh, the original Top Gun, was the uh, nobody's taking my breath away in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that song plays plays more than Danger Zone. Why do oh, we associate my... Danger Zone more with Top Gun? Anyway, it's insane. That's that is base. Top Gun is an extended music video for that song. It it's is. wild. The oh, the thing I had to mention, uh, the question I had was just how much research went into planes and navy terms because like they they like don't shy away about you know using like terms and and like they just like mention a yeah. plane and you're like okay it's the one that they're in it looks different like mm-hmm. and then there was also the sin about like the boeing 700 whatever and it's like you know for those of you that weren't alive in the 80s like, <laughs> so don't google it the thing that annoyed me the most in this movie is the the cliche of it's not the plane it's the pilot i was like it's the fucking plane as well it, like it's, it's both, both yeah <laughs> if you go like and i just kept coming up with these examples but i needed them to be like realistic so i was like if you go up there in a paper plane you're going to get shot down if you go yeah. up there in something from wacky races you're going to get shot down <laughs> if you go up there in a ford focus you're going to get shot down it is in a stink in a stinky footed ford focus exactly it is the plane as much if not more than it is the damn pilot like do not undersell that so i just found like the most extreme example because 
like a biplane was the first example of like, you, you're not going to outmaneuver uh, a fifth generation fighter or an F-13 or whatever. And then I was like, well, what if you went up there in the Boeing 747? And I was like, well, the 747 is pretty beefy. Maybe it would hang in for a little while. But then I accidentally found out about the 737-200, which is on record as being the most unreliable passenger plane ever. And for anybody that is flight averse, like I said in the video, avert your ears now. But this thing, and I didn't include this percentage because it's it's really, really scary. But it is, I think, it has a 1% chance of um, crashing. So for every 100 that went up, one of them crashed. Yeah, and like that 1% is still a pretty okay rate, but like... No, 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 1%... is terrible. Like, for but yeah, flying, like, like yeah. one percent doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. <laughs> Considering how many flights there are every single day, like that percentage what's, shouldn't register at what's all. What's incredible is all you have to do is Google Boeing seven thirty seven two hundred, and it the first is the Wikipedia article, and the first subheading is list of accidents and incidents. <laughs> it's terrible. Like this thing killed people. Like, and it was in the 60s, so we're fine. We're 60 years removed. We've learned some lessons. But yeah, this is, you have a one in 100 chance of not coming back as soon as you step onto that flight. It's not good. That's not That's a good not percentage good for flying. That's bad odds. So yeah, I just, and it's that kind of research. I never would have found out about the, the 737-200 had I not written on this movie. So it was, it yeah. was a great example. I loved it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting, um, not seeing this video yet um, and forgetting that it was coming out, I, I was watching just some YouTube with my wife and we came across two other channels parody of this, mm. uh, how it should have ended in pitch meetings. And it was mm. just really funny because like both of them really hammered hard the fifth generation pilots thing <laughs> and how it's like, uh-huh. You know, so they both do it in their own way. And then, uh, and of course, it was like nice to see, like, I don't remember it being an issue in the movie, but so, I don't remember them saying anything, but I don't remember them saying fifth generation pilots that much. Like, I actually, I hit it harder. So I wrote another sin. We, no, we did keep it in there. It was like, so fifthing much it. Yes. It just reminds me of what I'm not supposed to be fifthing thinking about. And I'm, no, yeah, we nearly cut it because I think. I can't remember, but somebody was like, oh, it didn't really bug me that much. I figured that's just what they're called. And I'm like, it was so distracting to me. I was like, they have a name. And the yeah. only reason you can't say it is because you don't want to piss off the Chinese. That, that <laughs> is it. You want the Chinese market. So you're just going to say iPod 5 or whatever, like some generic yeah, yeah, yeah. thing instead of whatever it, it actually is. So it, yeah, super distracting. Yeah, and you like you couldn't even make up a country, you know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's why I loved the. I see what the movie is trying to do by not rushing us into any assumptions yeah. about who who the bad guy is. I love like those behind the scenes stories, things like that, like um, the Red Dawn film that was like shelved and then re- released in 2012. Yeah, like the original bad guys was supposed to be China, and mm. the original bad guys are Russians, but it was supposed to be China. But then like because of political tensions and they wanted China's box office, they like changed everything to North Korea in post. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my goodness. So anyway, the, the other thing was, uh, and then uh, one of the channels um, really harped on um, like the plan and they were like, Oh, mm. you're doing a star Wars. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're doing a rogue one. <laughs> they're doing a death star run. Cause it's like, it's a, tr- it's a trench run. And they're like, yeah. And then at the end rooster has to, you know, he doesn't have his auto targeting system. So he has mm-hmm. to do it like, regular. it was like, yeah, yeah. It was just, Really exhaust, but it was also like refreshing because like that's look that's easy fruit right but like i think there was maybe one reference of how it's like kind of like the death star run but that was it yeah we did 
Top Gun Rogue One or a Star Wars Story Maverick One yeah. or something like that. Something like that. But it's just it was nice because I think all the all three of the videos just played really well together and just kind of showed like unique talents of each of the three channels. Mm-hmm. So and unique voices. So that was great. I don't have anything else. Do you? No, that was it for Maverick. Cool. One more commercial things video too. Tovala Secret Weapon Stories. Uh, mm. This was hilarious. So good. Borderline rage. my favorite video of the week because just <laughs> it's nobody does rage better than Chris. He, his angry voice is so is one of my favorite things on Prometheus was oh yeah his rage um during that video was so good yeah so the only thing i have is who wrote this and why did they pick this commercial well jeremy wrote this and i remember um i hadn't i i miss pretty much all of these commercials because i don't watch tv uh, i'm like yep. nicer in that i don't know fact. this one just i haven't seen this one it's why i stick to the old spice commercials when i'm sinning the com sins yeah. because i know them and but yeah jeremy popped into one of our slack channels and just said fuck this commercial it's a fucking scam i'm gonna write this commercial right now immediately <laughs> wrote it emailed it to jonathan chris narrated it and it was on the channel like that week <laughs> when jeremy gets pissed about a commercial he gets pissed <laughs> It's so good. So his words exactly were, The Tavala is a scam. It's a meal kit service that requires you to buy a proprietary oven. Then you pay $13 per meal to let this proprietary oven heat up your food. And the commercials do not suggest you do anything with your newfound free time, except stand there watching the oven and boast about how you aren't doing anything right now. I hate it. So yeah, I think it's just, it's one of those things where how does the entire world not see this as a scam? Like, you shouldn't be advertising because you're going to be exposed for being a, a huge big scam where you're just you're sucked into this world. But yeah, yeah. it angered him. It angered him. It, it, the more that the narrator went on, I was just like, yeah, that is stupid. Because they're like, you have to buy this <laughs> this oven to make exclusively these things. You can't make other things. Exclusively these things. And it costs like a pretty large amount you know especially compared to something like HelloFresh or but and i think HelloFresh is a sponsor but like i don't know i don't do sponsorship or whatever so <laughs> <laughs> yes HelloFresh does sponsor the show there is a good chance that in this show there is a HelloFresh ad <laughs> yeah so but like either way like that's like they give you everything you need right but this is like even the video points out it's like you didn't put the salad in the oven so like did they literally yeah. just send you like a five ounce steak like that uh-huh like, and that's stupid. Why would you pay $13 for that? It's probably not even good cut. Like, anyway. But, and then all the, like, look at this shelf. What are we going to put up here? That new, like, microwave toaster oven thing that we got? No, how about this giant gravy pot? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll put the microwave on the counter. Yeah. Yes. Nobody does rage better than Chris. And, yeah, it makes so much sense that Jeremy was fueled by this. It's Yeah. It is definitely man. a great Jeremy-Chris combo. For sure. Great. Uh, that's all I had. One last video to talk about, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 recent. Um, Ian, you said you like this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah. I wrote an article on um, Sif Pop that was essentially defending this movie. It's, hey, here's a movie that everybody hates that I love. Yeah. And it was like either right before or right after No Way Home came out. I want to say right after. And because I think I made a reference like saying, look, I know a lot of people have come around on the Garfield movies recently, especially they have come around on Garfield himself. But I'm mm. telling you, I've felt this way since 2014. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Look, it has its problems, right? There's too much going on. Um, the Green Goblin stuff should have been pushed to the third movie. Or if they yeah. want to like have him convert to the Green Goblin and then just be the villain for the third movie, fine. Yeah. That's the only thing I would cut out is the Green Goblin stuff. Just make this an Electro movie. It's obvious they're trying to set up Sinister Six for the next movie. Yeah. 
And it just doesn't work, like because they're they were trying to to do in two movies what Marvel did in six. They're they were the DCU before the DCU. Yeah, this movie is frustrating in that regard. But the you know, and and the narrator points out that the Captain Stacy stuff is is one of the things they would cut. Like it's not in the movie enough for me to care. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, I I like out. Electro as a villain. I mean, he is the most yada yada, but like fell into eels. How do you, how do you turn that into a like how do you turn him into a legit I mean I guess No Way Home did a pretty okay job like he just harnesses electricity he's not living yeah. electricity but like but I think the effects were great the score is great the score is my favorite superhero score ever period. yeah I love the score it's with so Hans good. Zimmer and Junkie XL Junkie no, XL that's DC is it no, no. It's definitely Hans Zimmer. I'm sure Junkie XL was in this. The the Spider-Man theme that's at the beginning and end of this movie. Like, it's just, it gets me going. Yeah. Hans Zimmer and the Magnificent Six with Pharrell Williams and Johnny Marr. Oh, interesting. So. Good shit. Either way, like, this is my favorite score for a superhero movie. I love it. The chemistry is still there. It's pretty unbelievable that they're still in high school, but whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's always going to be the case. Everyone looks too old. And I thought like Gwen Stacy's death was perfect. It's beautiful. And you know what? It's worth it just for the redemption in No Way Home as well. Absolutely. That like Garfield catching mm-hmm. MJ. Oh, man, that got me. That got me right in the moment. It, it, it's It's just gorgeous with like the way that it's structured, like the slow-mo and like, look, we all knew it was coming because they showed it in the trailer, but we were like, are they going to have the balls to actually do it? Mm-hmm. And then they do. And it's not like a, in the comics, Gwen Stacy just dies of whiplash. But like when you hear the thud, Oh man, it gets me a chill on my spine every single time. The thud and crack is mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It's, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it is one of those. I can't believe they showed us that. Well, and again, it, it's something straight out of a horror movie. Like, it is, yeah. But it's, yeah, in the comics, she doesn't smack the floor, but, you know, her neck gets whipped back so fast it breaks it and kills her. Mm. But in this one, like, that thud is devastating. And I think the thud is deliberate, because if it's just a neck snap, then Spider-Man kills her. Like, yeah. his his webbing kills her. Like, he didn't do it right. But the thud just means that he wasn't there in time. Like, he could have saved her, but wasn't quite quick enough. Yeah, that's that's a oh man, that's a really good comparison. But almost, I'm more interested in the rabbit hole like that happens. Mm. Like if he has to wrestle with the fact that he killed her. Yeah, I mean she was uh-huh. gonna die anyway, right? He did his best, but like yes, she died of his causes, not uh-huh. you know becoming a puddle on the floor. Yeah, and that's why also in No Way Home, man, I'm I'm clinging. There's a little hope that we're getting um, an Amazing Spider-Man three. Like, there after, is, there is. Like, I'm clinging to it because. There's a there's a little throwaway line in No Way Home where he just says like I went through it down a dark path and like I want to see that I want, I want to see, see this, that so much yeah he got rageful <laughs> I want to see rageful Spider Man because uh-huh. the insinuation is that he kept killing people <laughs> yeah I, I really 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 want to see them continue making Garfield movies as well yeah. totally I'm here for it. Uh, Chris and Jeremy writing on this. I don't have notes from Chris, but I do have notes from Jeremy. He says, okay, this video we made years ago and it was only available to Patreon members for years and years. I don't remember shit. I looked up the script and we hammered the opening (laughs) scene 
that is all about his missing father's backstory. There's a rubber Neo joke in here. We made those for a few years, but fell off for some reason. It's a joke that fits whenever a film CGI is too ambitious and the mm-hmm. action looks rubbery and not real. There's a joke about how Spider-Man is always rescuing people from fires. This is a funny video. And he says, I'm still so proud of this sin. I think it's time to let this go. This wasn't an overdub or AR work. This is a voicemail Emma Stone left for the studio after she read the script. Unfortunately, she was under contract. Meanwhile, you don't even want to know about the voicemails left for the studio by Shailene Woodley. And then he notes the reason that since Shailene Woodley was in the movie as Mary Jane and they cut her out entirely. Mm-hmm. And if I recall, Felicity Jones as Black Cat. I think she yes, cut out she gets well. like 12 seconds as like a secretary. Yeah. Yeah, great sin, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, and, and I know we pissed a lot of people off by like we both like this movie, and we are the minority. <laughs> Deal with it. We know. Let us like what we like. Yep. Uh, what do you have? No, uh, no additional notes. Just really, really love the video. It's really, like I said, it's really fun to go back and resend these. I am glad I did not write on this video because I would have been too kind. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I know. Yeah. That. I mean, I would have given score. I would have given sins off. Sins off of the score. Score is yeah. so good. I'm gonna listen I would have to given sin, as I sins off mm-hmm. for her death. I would have given sins off yeah. for Garfield's performance. Like, <laughs> huh? it's like when we what did what did I sin? It was I gave two sin removals for the under for dang it the other one for the final frontier. It's it's a terrible movie. It's a terrible Star Trek movie, and yet I still ended up with three sin removals. And Jonathan was like, "Stop it! <laughs> this is not getting sin removals." Yeah. Also, this is my favorite looking Spider-Man suit. Yeah, a, agreed. Like, I love the white eyes. I mean, it's essentially the same suit with a little bit more blue from the first one. And then mm-hmm. um, there's some white eyes. And so I'm really excited because like the at the end of No Way Home, Spider-Man gets a new suit and it's got more of the blue because it was just red and black in the first two mm-hmm. movies. And so it's like a lot more amazing Spider-Man like themed. I'm like, oh, I'm I think like, it's the best. Totally. It agree. looks great. But yeah, this suit in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is my favorite. Yeah. I only had one question. Breaking Up in Chinatown was also, A, the original title of Carrie's, Katy Perry's Waking Up in Vegas. The original title of Paris Hilton's sex tape. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, the original title of the Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, Smash Hit, The Breakup, or the original title of Chinatown. Any alternates? Not that I know of. No. I think they threw everything at the wall with that one. <laughs> yeah. And brilliant. All four of them. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's all I had. We're done with the content of the week. Uh, that'll take us to Behind the Sinner. So tell me about yourself. We're all sinners. Every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know? See, Daddy? Sinners have soul, too. The information! It's too much! Walk away, March. Just walk away. Uh, a couple questions to ask you. Round two questions. Is there a previously released Sins video that you wish you could have worked on? Mmm, two. Back to the Future, any of them. Uh, it's my favourite movie of all time. I, therefore, would love to pull it apart. Anything to do with time travel, I want to get to the bottom of. And in the same vein, Deja Vu, which I mm-hmm. only missed by a few weeks. So they sinned that just before I was writing scripts and trying out and stuff. Do you want to send it because you love it or hate it? Love it. I love Deja Vu. Okay, me too. Cool. I, <laughs> I love this movie, but I want to send it because it has the worst time travel yeah. of any film next to Source Code. Because it's just the last five minutes of Source Code that break it. But yeah. Deja Vu explicitly in great detail sets out it, its own rules and then fucks them. Yeah. And because the power of Denzel Washington, he's just like, I believe that this is how it works and therefore it works. He should be dead. It, it breaks all of its own rules, so it would be so much fun to see 
they did a great job of it. I couldn't have done anything different, but I just would love the satisfaction of sitting in the time travel in that movie. Sure. What's a Sins video that you are glad you didn't have to tackle, or a film that, if it gets scheduled, uh, you hope that you won't be assigned to? Mm, so we're going to try and pick a theme. We'll see if you can guess the theme here. So I have three options for videos that I do not want to sin. I really, really don't want to be scheduled for them. So we've got Leprechaun Returns. We have A Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994, and Hellraiser 2022. Why do mm. I not want to sin any of those three movies? I mean, look, the common theme is horror, but like mm-hmm. these are horror like reboots or requels mm-hmm, it's close but well, you wrote a nightmare on elm street 1994 but then you said new nightmare so I was like, okay yeah so legacy sequels or specifically the last in a series that of movies where i've only seen one of the movies <laughs> so in little brackets after each one of these in the show notes leprechaun uh-huh. there are eight movies and Nightmare on Elm Street, there are seven. Hellraiser, there are 11. There are 11 Hellraiser movies? There are 11 Hellraiser movies. Oh my gosh. And the only one I've seen is Hellraiser 2022. <laughs> is it I've worth watching? the most recent one. No, it's crap. It's t- okay. Sorry. If you like Hellraiser, you'll probably love it. But this, if this is like the best of Hellraiser, it's... Do you ever watch The Cube? Yeah. Yeah, it's The Cube, but really bad. <laughs> I think the cube was kind of really bad. I love the cube. The cube is great. It is what I it is. The cube. It's great. I was, just, I was just really excited for Hellraiser because the guy that did the Night House did that, and I think the Night House is one of the best horror films of the last couple of years. It's for the for me. This movie was terrible, and I watched it in the best circumstances at a theater in a room filled with horror fans, and I still didn't like it. Hellraiser was in theaters no, only once, so this was for the film festival in Austin. Uh, fantastic. Got it. Fest. Got it. Got it. Um, and this was the surprise screening, and <laughs> me and Aaron just looked at each other, and we felt bad for warming the seats that could have taken posteriors that would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> like this is not for us. Neither of us have seen a Hellraiser film, and I so I went in there thinking maybe this is my gateway into it, and no, it was not. I I did not enjoy it. But the the problem with the movies movies that I mentioned, Leprechaun, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Hellraiser, is that I haven't seen any of the Leprechaun movies. So if I was to see the most recent one. I would have to watch all seven. And I, mm-hmm. that's just a personal thing. I would have to watch all 10 Hellraiser films, all seven Leprechaun films, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, because I just I want to be a complete completionist. I want to be able well, to sin them from a place of knowledge. And not only that, but there was uh, the Halloween video recently, even mm-hmm. like, it is so helpful to have the previous Halloween. Yeah. The, or the uncanonized versions for this mm-hmm. new trilogy like two through resurrection it yeah, is so helpful thing. to have all of that information so, so only- yeah in the same vein like yeah and even if hellraiser is a reboot and new nightmare is a meta sequel mm. you know either way like i would have to watch all of the others the yeah, only exception is scream so i got put on scream four and i hadn't seen any of the scream movies but i knew that jonathan was a super fan so on that occasion, I deliberately, and he was the lead writer, so I deliberately didn't watch the other movies so that I came in as the the asshole narrator that hasn't watched anything, is completely ignorant, and is just sinning it from a place of stupidity so that we got the balance of the super fan, super fan and, and the ignorant person. Mm-hmm. 
But if I was the lead on any of those scripts, I would be, I would, damn it, you've just consigned me to watching all of these other movies. Like, So this has happened on another occasion where I've been given a movie to sin and I hadn't seen the rest of them and it meant me watching four movies and then sinning the next one and it broke me. It's fine. Yeah. It's cool. It's fun. But I just have to, I know that I now have to spend 10 hours of watching content before I can start sinning. Before you can start watching the thing that you have to see. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, i would be the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, have a quick game for you. Three sins and a lie. Mm-hmm. Joseph's been creating these. I have one. You don't get a choice. Everybody has had a choice so far. You don't get one. Sweet. Because I was told that I have to save this one for you specifically. Interesting. Okay. You have the search for Spock. Oh, yes. That's yes. where I said we're not going to... We're going to come up Star Trek later. I did so, not write this one because this came out before... I joined the team. I'm sure that was intentional. I'm sure. Because it's cheating if you wrote on it. So the way this works is that I have four sins. Um, one of them is a lie. Um, mm-hmm. So one of them is one that Joseph wrote. The three of the other three of them are in the sins video. Um, you have to try to guess the one that is fake. The one that mm-hmm. Joseph created. Yeah. So got to get the sins team in the, in the win column this week, Ian. I believe in you. I'm really good at this game, though. I do currently hold the record for having the highest score on this game. So... We'll okay, see. we'll see. Okay, the search for Spock. Here we go. Sin number one. Sarek is getting more free homemade porn right now with green aliens than I ever will. Sin number two. Okay, I'm not an expert on war decommissioning or anything for that matter, but wouldn't Starfleet have disabled the weapons of the Enterprise almost immediately? What if one of those photon torpedoes went off inside the Starbase when school children were visiting? Won't anyone think of the children? Mm-hmm. Number three. If the movie is directed by Spock, then that takes away all the fun of trying to find Spock. Mm-hmm. And sin number four. Enterprise Wreckage just tells me that they'll find a way to rebuild this ship for the next movie, which is about whales, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty certain that two and four are actual sins. I remember the fourth one, definitely. Watch that be the fake. So it's one or three. Read three again. If the movie is directed by Spock, then that takes all the fun out of trying to find Spock. Number one is the fake. Sarek is getting more free homemade porn right now than green aliens with green aliens than I ever will. Yeah. Two was the fake sin. Oh, no, you didn't no, question. I dismissed it immediately. <laughs> Dang it's it. It's really hard because I'm like trying to cover his smile. I'm like, uh-huh. Me, I didn't. <laughs> I'm, looking away. I'm looking away. I'm looking away. Uh, oh, yeah. that's so, that's well done, JCD. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an expert on warship decommissioning or anything like that matter, but wouldn't Starfleet have disabled the weapons of the Enterprise almost me? It's a good sin. It's, yeah, uh, it's a good sin. And, I, and it makes I, sense. I do remember, I thought I remembered a decommissioning sin in there, so I dismissed it. But yes, well done. Got us. Well, one more thing for this behind the scene around. Uh, we have uh, you on. So I thought, what are some fun things that you've noticed between, you've been living in the UK for a, a while again. Mm-hmm. So what are some more things that maybe you've noticed now that you're back in the UK that you're like, hey, I miss this about America or yada, yada, yada. I still miss Chick-fil-A, and I miss breakfast options. Um, there are very few like kind of drive-through breakfast oh. options. So like, there's tons of drive-throughs where, like, depending on where I'm working, I'll drive through and pick up some coffees and some nice yummy breakfasts. And we have Starbucks, Costa, and McDonald's, and that's really it for drive-through breakfast. You've really got to go yeah. in somewhere, get it, and come out. So I miss huh. the convenience of that for sure. I didn't. Even, I mean, because even we have like Taco Bell has breakfast, but yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. I, I when I was in Scotland, we had Costa every morning, but like 
that we didn't we didn't realize that was our only option. Like, <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is, and cost is one of the better options. So you're lucky yeah, you, you had that. Cost is great. However, this time round coming home, Danae and her friend joined us for some touring around the country. So it was interesting. It was their first visits to England. So it was interesting to see some of their comparisons. And I think I, th- I think what shocked them the most was some of the food options that we have here, which is really, really fun. Hmm. So that Neither of them had had English pancakes, Marmite or crumpets. They loved all three of them and now english pancakes are very very thin they're more like crepes mm-hmm. but they're not crispy they're softer so i had to make pancakes every single morning because they just immediately became um addicted to them hmm. i don't know that i've had any of the three. Oh, and crumpets are like they're hard to describe they're like upside down english muffins but less dense and more sweet and more mm-hmm. rubbery but they're okay. tastier <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And Marmite is like a yeast extract molasses bread spread that you put onto crumpets that is deliciously yummy. I think I had Marmite, actually. Yeah, Marmite's super yummy, but it's a love it or hate it sort of thing. It's quite, it's pretty divisive. But I think the biggest takeaway they had was how different bacon is over here. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't do like the streaky thin bacon. We have like, it's like a medallion of bacon with like a fatty tail on it that's called a rasher. And that's just how we serve our bacon. It's in patties? No, no, no. It's like a really, really, it's still really, really thin. So the thickness is the same, but it's more like a kind of like a circular shape with a tail. But yeah, it's soup. Why? Because it's so yummy. You get more meat. You get more meat out of it. How do you get more meat? Like, because you, it's like a, a, it's a cut. So you get like a solid circle of bacon and then a fatty tail, but it's still really thin. So you, what essentially you're saying we get is just the tail. You get just the tail, but longer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's like streak of bacon fat, bacon fat, bacon fat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they loved it. All right, sure. Yeah. That was the, so I think food was the, the biggest differences that they that they discovered. I remember my trips, uh, the thing, I can't do burgers that are in the UK. Interesting. Um, because, because you guys actually have like decent health code regulations. Uh, and the FDA, FDA is here is just like Whatever. sure you know it won't kill you immediately so <laughs> <laughs> exactly but don't make any plans after 70 yeah and right so and and then also i mean there's just the difference in like uh in, in, in like meat sourcing you know like most of the meat that we get is from like grazed in mm-hmm. like our grazing fields you know and yeah. then like it's different it's sort of halfway across the world different nutrients different all that mm-hmm. like, again just different ways of processing meats and seasoning. So like I couldn't do a hamburger um, over there. Specifically, I ordered at a pub once a blue cheese burger. Because oh, I love so blue cheese burgers. Yeah. Like especially like some mushrooms and some blue cheese on a burger. That's great. That's awesome. But blue cheese is entirely different. And that was something I wasn't expecting because I was like, I thought blue cheese would be the most universal. It's moldy cheese. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was terrible. I hated it. In, in, oh, no. Uh, in, That's in a shame. It was not quite as like tart or I guess like bitter as yeah, our blue I, cheese. I think we use Stilton for our blue cheese burgers and that's super dank. It's like dirt. It's really yeah. good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it didn't really have much flavor. Like it didn't have the, the pungent flavor that our blue cheese has. Mm. Maybe it was just a mad burger. Maybe. It could have been. I certainly paid good per- good burger prices for it. So <laughs> oh, maybe no. that's the thing. Like if I get a blue cheese burger, I kind of want it at the like the place where everything is thrown on the same five by mm-hmm. five 
grill. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, that, that was the one I specifically remembered. Like, I won't do hamburgers and I won't I won't do blue cheese. Definitely not together. It's fair. That just leaves us with Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Ian, what is that one thing that you want to recommend, warn, or recommend? Well, since we did an England tour, I would like to recommend cheddar cheese and cathedrals. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever come to England, I would highly recommend visiting Salisbury Cathedral. So it's 800 years old. It's beautiful. It is a gothic, yeah, the height of like gothic design. It's so pretty. It's thousands of like hundreds of dead people just like under your feet. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and the scenery around it is just, is really, really pretty as well. And near to Salisbury is a place called Cheddar Gorge. And this is the origin of cheddar cheese. So the original cheddar cheese was made here and stored mm. in the caves. And you can still buy cheese that is matured inside Cheddar Gorge itself, inside the cave. Uh, Goff's Cave, it's called. Huh. And we bought two pounds of the only authentic cheddar cheese in the world because they don't make much of it actually inside the cave anymore. You can call any old cheese you want cheddar just by using the same recipe, but the only authentic cheddar cheese is actually matured inside Cheddar Gorge. And it was actually beautiful. Does it actually taste different? Oh, it's so good. It's so tasty. It is the, you can ask Danae, it is the best cheddar cheese either of us have ever had. It was, it's good stuff. So yeah, if you ever get a chance, you're in that neck of the woods, visit those two places. I'm looking at pictures of Salisbury Cathedral. It's gorgeous. It's so pretty it's stunning yeah ian do you want me to talk about a new release movie that i'm not sure you've seen yet or a musical that we were talking about beforehand uh just do the new release that's fine there's okay. a good chance i will never see it i saw glass onion in theaters oh nice i will be watching this but i would love yeah. to hear your thoughts i love this movie yay i'm a ryan johnson fanboy i didn't like brothers bloom but i loved everything else that he's done mm-hmm. although i think i just i want to give brothers bloom another rewatch i've only seen it the once Looper is my number nine favorite movie of all time. Looper is so good. Last Jedi is my 22 favorite movie of all time. And uh, Knives Out is my sixth favorite movie of all time. So I was really excited to check this one out. I think Brick is somewhere on my list. Just significantly lower. I haven't seen Brick. Heard good things though. It is great. So I had high expectations. It's it's incredible when a movie meets your expectations. If not exceeds them. And it's, it's incredible. Like, man, I love... All right. This movie makes a choice. A movie released in November slash December 2019 mm-hmm. or 2022. Sorry, 2022 to still really take place in May of 2020 okay. and to not ignore the pandemic. Mm. And it was one of those things where I thought it was kind of tedious at the beginning. But then I realized how it played into everything. And I thought it was brilliant. I don't I'm not going to spoil anything about your experience, mm. but. This movie is different than Knives Out, meaning there are no returning characters mm-hmm. except for Benoit Blanc. Like, there's not even a reference to Marta or any of the other people. And in some ways, the movie is better for that, which is almost a shame because I was like, no, I want more Marta and I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it had to do that, though. Like, it's it's clearly following, like, the Poirot murder mystery route of, of some such. So, yeah, it makes sense. They yeah. reference it. I'm trying to not talk about it, to not ruin your experience in the slightest. I'll definitely be watching it soon. I just loved it so much. And oh, there's the, the the final act of this film is glorious in the same way that the final act of Knives Out is, where he where he starts expositing and he starts 
putting all the pieces together. You have to nail that. It's just as satisfying, although it's significantly simpler. It's it's nowhere near as complex as Knives Out. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more a straightforward murder mystery. But there is no, like, you go over here, and by the time you come back, I'm going to reveal everything. I mean, it's there is a little bit of that, but it's nowhere near the complexity of Benoit having to figure out a lot of different mm. things. And so uh, the movie is a little bit more straightforward and meant foreshadowing. And I want to talk about this movie with you when you see it. Mm. <laughs> we'll pin it to the next BTS. Okay. Because that's just really what I want to happen. Cause like, nice. I want to talk about specific things, but oh, it awesome. is a brand new release and I don't want to tell anybody anything mm. about this. And that's I don't cool. think I have nice, but it's great. It's, it's not quite as good as the first. It's significantly less funny, but it is still funny. Yeah. I look forward to seeing it even more. Glass Onion, and I was out mystery. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Hitting Netflix, I think Christmas Day, if not like December 23rd nice. or something like that. Just watch it as soon as you can. It's great. I shall. That'll do it for this week. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, it's nice to, to have you back and to talk about all the different things as surely is going to be a longer episode than initially planned mm-hmm. uh, than a normal episode. But that's okay. We covered two weeks worth of content. Yeah, exactly. Well. Uh, any places you want people to connect with you? Yeah, find me on Twitter if it's still there, uh, at Whitsend, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D, and Captain's Pod, which is our weekly Star Trek podcast. We are dipping into some Star Trek The Next Generation for the next kind of few weeks, and then I think some old, some more Lower Decks as well before Picard season Hmm. three comes out in February, and we'll be interested but yeah, we have interviews with some Star Trek people as well. Most recently we did uh, Hemmer, who, uh, Bruce Horrock, who plays mm-hmm. Chief Engineer Hemmer on Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. And we had a chat with him and that was really fun. So yeah, go and see that. Captain yeah, that's really cool. How long are we going to keep making the on Twitter if it still exists joke? Like, it, it's, until... it's until Elon sells it, right? Like <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Or, or it so. implodes. Yeah, I mean, it'll just, it'll evolve into something else or it will just stop. You can follow me on Letterboxd or Twitter at Schweitcastle. Uh, if you have feedback on the show, how you think it's going, please send that uh, to email, uh, bts.cinemasins.com or DM the Cinemasins BTS uh, Twitter account. That's at Cinemasins BTS. And lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening from and come on back next Thursday for more Behind the Sins content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. Hi, I've been <laughs> watching you. That's an interesting voice. What do you call that one? It's specifically for you. It's my Schweitzer scarer. <laughs> is what I'm going to call it now. It worked. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> How are you today? Your country won't let me stay for much longer. I'm already, the six months out of the year is already pushing it, apparently. <laughs> who do i need to write the, the president would be great all right dear joe is number one yeah <laughs> joey b that's what i call him dear joe please let ian stay as long as he wants he's really nice and he won't use his creepy voice on you he promises the british haven't been a problem since 1776 oh yeah it was immediate <laughs> as soon as like the year was out it was like new year's eve 1776 we we're done. We're finished. We're ready to be friends. Yep. Hey, do you want to help us kill the French? <laughs> I think that's what, what what did it. We were just watching the Macy's Day Parade. And look, to be clear, I didn't put it on.
my we were at my wife's. Well, they didn't ask you to organize it this year. <laughs> Somebody else put it together. So I have no idea what the after Amazing Spider-Man two what the ten year reasons are. I don't even know how many mm. left. It's mm. I think maybe four or five left. I was thinking the other day too, like everything wrong with the comments section. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I can almost guarantee and bet my mortgage that that will never happen. <laughs> how about how about this? Patreon exclusive. Uh-huh. Everything wrong with YouTube. <laughs> oh no. That's amazing. There you go. Next Patreon exclusive. Done. You heard it here first. <laughs> mm-hmm. If this makes the outtakes. <laughs> so all I have to do is put it in the outtakes and then that wills it into existence? Oh no. No, because that would will many other things into existence. That some of them you don't want. Even when I started this podcast, I, I wanted to make it closer to like 30 or 45 minutes. Mm. And um, that didn't happen. So We can't even get through the outtakes in 30 to 35 <laughs> minutes. Do you do the Twitch? Yeah, not yet. What was I going to... I was either going to do Minecraft or like <laughs> Age of Empires uh, game and just really tap into the 90s nostalgia. <laughs> just try and conquer that audience. Only if you like... Go as British as you can. Oh no, like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's the worst. Yeah, look, right. look, it's just history, right? For an hour. All it is is history. You're just yeah. repeating history. Uh, yeah, that's great. Repeating history. That's exactly the sort of thing we encourage. Yep. England trying to take over the world. Yep. I will only play the British Empire and I will only <laughs> conquer the, the weakest people. <laughs> And then try the United States and lose. <laughs> and then side with the French. Agree to disagree. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the fact that of the two people in this room, they both disagree. I think that <laughs> defines it as a controversy. Why are all the controversies set around Christmas? I mean, we got is is when is it too early to celebrate Christmas? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. Not a controversy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just the the two biggest arguments. 50-50 split. Pineapple on pizza. That's a way to detect people that should be in prison. That's all. I like pineapple on pizza. You should be in prison. <laughs> Your first problem is going to Pizza Hut. Look, it's the best of the chains, and I will not be taking further questions. Oh, it just isn't. Okay, anyway, on to the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I own the Westworld 4K discs. Because, so help me, if that drops from 4K ever on streaming... Oh my goodness. It yeah. would ruin how good it looks. Hey, do you know what else will ruin how good Westworld looks? Cancelling it. <laughs> uh, you ready to move on to Lightyear? Let's do it. 30 minutes later. What's what are, uh, what's a Sins video? I'm going to start that over. Undo all of that. <laughs> make, make a note to get rid of that. <laughs> Gotta get the Sins team in the, in the win column this week, Ian. I believe in you. Oh, has everyone been losing? Yeah. Oh no. I'm you really just, good at You just showed your don't listen to BTS. Yeah, no, I just made <laughs> I haven't been listening. If he gets all seven, does he get a job? Is that no? no. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing for this behind the center. Well, uh, the... Ooh, transitions. Yeah, <laughs> how do they work? <laughs>